sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Friends, grace to you and peace from Jesus Christ in this season of Lent. Amen. First Sunday of Lent every year begins with the retelling of the story of Jesus being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, lest we take Lent too lightly. This gives us a morning, a whole week, perhaps even a whole season, hopefully a whole season to pause again and consider the devil. Does anyone even believe in Satan anymore? In many ways, the devil's been reduced to a Halloween costume. I marvel each year in October when suddenly we see images, adults, even children dressed up like the devil, you know, the red pitchforks and pointy tails and horns. It's as if Halloween is the only time that the devil comes out, and it's all just pretend anyways, or trying to be funny or sexy. Either this, or we've assigned all evil in the world to certain you know, the Adolf Hitlers or the Osama Bin Ladens or the Jezebels or pick your politician. I think they've all been called the devil, regardless of party. It's as if we're trying to compartmentalize the devil and control Satan by assigning the label evil to specific individuals or a group or type of people. Personally, I'm fond of labeling white supremacists this way. See how nice how nice that is for me to never face my own racism. But the devil really comes out, not at Halloween, really comes out during Lent. This is a time, friends, for weeding. Maybe not literally. With the strange weather we've had, it's not, it's not literally time for weeding. So all the more reason to, to get into the garden of your heart. When you weed... As any gardener knows, you can't just pick off all the prickly leaves and vines that you see on the surface and call it good. (laughs) I mean, it's funny, weed whacker. You can't just whack the weeds because, of course, then they come back. You can't just point to a person who's committed crimes or violated ethical codes or humanitarian laws, destroy that person or maybe lock them up, and then just go back to sleep, feeling just fine about the world again. No, we've got to dig deep into the soil of our own hearts where the roots of evil have a strong hold. We've got a lot of work to do in the garden. We've got a lot of work to do in this wilderness of Lent. Be assured, friends, in Christ, that the devil is real. Temptation is within and all around But we've also got a strong word to contend against the devil. It's interesting that these temptation stories today are not temptations to murder or any other big obvious sins. Neither Jesus nor Eve and Adam were handed a sword and a getaway car. You know what I mean? If that were the case, would probably probably be much more able to resist temptation. But the tempter's far more subtle. What's wrong with a little piece of fruit? <laughs> it's healthy, right? 
Let's look at these temptations, these three temptations in Matthew's gospel. Scholars have broken these down for me, and so I want to share with you. Uh, they, they've said Jesus was tempted by three things, by wealth and security and power. Aren't we all? The first temptation is wealth, bread. If, if you're really who you say you are, turn these stones into bread. He's tempted with wealth. See, there's nothing wrong with bread. There's nothing wrong with wealth if we're careful and, and, and share some of it. But how easily wealth, money can become the center of our worlds, our treasure, which is where Jesus says, there will your heart be also. Too much bread is the sin. Too much wealth is the sin. Turn these stones into bread, the devil said. But Jesus says one does not live by wealth alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's also cling fast to the strong word of God in this Lenten season and beyond. Let's come back to that strong word. Let's keep going for more insight into that strong word. Pray on what that means, friends, because that seems like a tough one. Pray that this word, and I mean this capital W word alone, is your bread. Pray that this might come to make sense <laughs> if it doesn't. Because frankly, it sounds a little silly to the world. What would you pick, God's word or money? How many of us would just go, uh, honestly, money? <laughs> Pray on this, that God's word is enough. It's not that money's not important, that we don't need it, that it's not a tool. But it becomes so easily the temptation is just to wrap around it all the things we can do with it. And uh, it's a tough one. The second temptation is security. Now throw yourself off and let the angels, if, if you are who you say you are, the angels will... Nothing wrong with security. Who doesn't want to have a roof over their head, clothes to keep them warm, shelter for their family and their communities? Even more safety in our neighborhoods, at the borders, throughout our homeland, across the world. What's wrong with that? But when we become, once again, so obsessed, it becomes the center of everything, so obsessed with security, we lose sight again of what is most important. See, the devil's sneaky, residing in both our hearts and all over the place out there. The devil within and all around. Like a weed, those roots run deep and can take over. And always, at first, just subtle. Security, what's the problem? It's, it's subtle. Easily justified. Hey, just, just precautionary. Just in case. Nothing wrong with just in case. Without prayer, though, friends, it becomes all-consuming it can. Is this a temptation for you? I think I've shared before my internship congregation, Bethel Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri. The year I was there, they were adopting uh, values for their congregation. Maybe Bethlehem's gone through this in the past, but 
but um, they were just kind of looking at everything. And they adopted, among other values, risk-taking as one of their values. And they did it uh, as a biblically-based congregational value. They saw this in Scripture, and they pointed out to me, there is nothing in Scripture, nothing in Scripture that lifts up the virtues of earthly security. Abraham, think about his story, leaving his home. Moses, Ruth, Mary, Jesus, Paul, Lydia, where? And yet, it's often our first priority, even in our churches, so much of the time. It's one of the first things we think about is how to be safe, how to be secure, how we are tempted to dump ourselves and our resources down to the angels of security below. Safety nets. Do not test God, Jesus says. Do not let your lust for perfect, peaceful security and comfort come between you and God who is out there on the edges, always among those who are poor, the neglected, and calling us to leave our nets. We just had that lesson a few weeks ago. Leave our nets and take risks and follow Jesus. Pray about that in this Lenten season. Is this a temptation for you? Use your head, Jesus says. Be shrewd, but leave your nets. God doesn't minister to us. We serve God. And minister the gifts that God has given us, our time, our talents, our money, in compassionate ways, by sharing our bread, reaching out to those who are poor. Lent is a season to pull up the weeds that grip our heart and hold us from the inside. Oh, the devil is real. Finally, the third temptation is power. I'll give you all this all the kingdoms of the world, the tempter says. And, you know, you wonder, was that like another person that was talking to Jesus or was that a voice in his head? You could have all this. You, you, are, you are powerful enough. You are gifted enough. You are smart enough. You are strong enough to take all of this. It's so subtle I mean, a good leader. I, Jesus would be a good leader for all the kingdoms. So subtle, so tricky. Nothing wrong with being in control, especially when you're going to, uh, you know, you, when you mean well. Having people under you, having people do what you say. We've got high-level leaders in this congregation, in this community, certainly, in this part of the world. Oh, my goodness. Someone's got to call the shots, right? But again, this can be abused, power for power's sake and all that. It's a deep desire for us as humans. Have you ever had anyone or everyone look to you to make the call? You, you make the call. It feels good to have that kind of power. And if you haven't had that experience, perhaps you're jealous of those who do, right? It's this deep desire for us as humans. It's not just overt, overt shows of power either. Yeah, how, how we can manipulate things behind the scenes, especially if access to power is not granted or assumed immediately or by the culture. Who are those who manipulate people and, uh, and use power in very subtle ways behind the scenes? 
in seminary, they taught us to figure out the official power in a congregation when you get to a new congregation, figure out the official power, and then also figure out the unofficial power. Who's manipulating things behind the scenes? The council and the leaders of the church are named on the website, but where's the real power? <laughs> There's the named power and the real power. How, it, it just invites this interesting conversation, I think, about power. How do we use power? How do we negotiate power? How do we give power away? When we make ourselves God. Which sounds ridiculous for us at church. Why, well, we would never make ourselves God. But when we, let me put it another way, when we put ourselves at the center, we turn away from God. And this is what the first lesson, the tree in the Garden of Eden was all about. Will we trust in God or not? That's what that temptation was all about. Will we trust in God or not? Shall we trust ourselves instead? That was the temptation. It's still the temptation. Is that a temptation for you? Trust God or... I mean, come on. Trust yourself. Welcome to Lent, friends. Friends in Christ. I invite you to do the hard work of introspection these 40 days. Do the hard work of weeding in the garden of your hearts. Work the steps. <laughs> Commit to the journey. Because in this walk is life. In this journey, in this weeding is life. And Jesus meets us in our struggles in this. In our stumbling and getting back up. In our <laughs> When you weed, you hurt your back. You know, you get hurt. Jesus meets us in all of it, in our conversations with the forces of evil. Our time of honest reckoning, Lent's often described as a time of honest reckoning. It's a hard time coming face to face with God and the powers of temptation, but it is ultimately good. And Christ will bring us through through our failings, through our pain, through our sorrow, through our hunger for wealth, through our thirst for security and power, through even death itself, friends. Christ will bring us through. Will you pray with me? God, give us the power to resist the allures, the subtleties of Satan in this wilderness journey and in all of our days. Give us the courage to trust in you this Lenten season. Weed out our sinfulness, cleanse our hearts, and walk with us now. Keep us always steadfast in your word. And continue to love us as you always have. Amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. 
Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. <laughs> okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You're good at it.